Welcome to Novice to Master, a podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs just like myself. My name's Greg Blake, and I invite you to celebrate in all of my successes, push through all of my failures. My goal here is to encourage and to inspire other people who are on the same journey in money making online. I'll share with you my knowledge everything that I gain and what I've got to offer to hopefully help you push through on your journey from novice to master. Welcome back to another Novice to Master. Today we're joined by my guest and friend, Jason Wright. Uh, He's one of the few people I have, many people I have to thank for my even going to Funnel Hacking Live. Um, I was about to give up and not go because of stuff I had going on and I really didn't see it happening. And he was actually some of the encouragement. Uh, he was the one who sold me on the idea and talked me into continuing anyways. Uh, so welcome to novice master. Thanks for having me, man. I'm uh, glad to be here. Glad you went to funnel hacking live too. Me too, man. I, I'm really glad <laughs> I, I, you know, let you talk me out of, uh, not going, but, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are and what you do. Sure. So again, my name is Jason Wright. My company is Intentionally Inspirational. And uh, uh, the main business is uh, I build funnels for people online, right? So use uh, Facebook ads, ClickFunnels, and active campaign. But the, tame, or the name like Intentionally Inspirational, you know, we've got to do more than that. So uh, like Gregory said, love keeping entrepreneurs moving forward, um, helping them battle through that mindset and that motivation piece to the game as well so that's kind of who i am and what i do in a a big thirty thousand foot view nutshell right on man yeah that's it's funny because like uh, you mentioned active campaign and anytime anybody asks me about active campaign any questions you're always the first person to pop to mind awesome yeah it's like i I do know an active campaign expert i can ask him (laughs) for you but Anyways, man. So what did you think of uh, funnel hacking live? What, how was your experience? It was good. Um, it was interesting because a year ago I was aware of it. You know, I'd heard of it. Um, I don't think I knew the price, but I knew that it was out of my budget. You know, it was, was one of those years where I was like, I can't do anything extra, the travel. I just, I can't do any of that. And, uh, it was December of this last year that I actually started getting the emails from click funnels. I thought, you know what? I need to do this. Like I've done one funnel away. I've read the books, you know, I've built 200 plus funnels. I'm in the world pretty deep. Like I need to, I need to do the in-person experience. And I, I told myself that if I can just meet some people, if I can uh, pick up some nuggets from marketing strategy and that type of thing, and just, uh, you know, see Russell and see his team in person, that'd be enough for me. Like I know I was like enough good things will come from it that I just need to do it. And surprisingly, clients actually like to know that you participate in that stuff as well. So when I talk to somebody about ClickFunnels, they're always like, have you read .com secrets? And it's funny because it's like, why do you care? But they do. So people have asked me about Funnel Hacking Live in the past and I always had to say no. And I was like, I can say yes. So um, I went down there, I live in central Indiana. I drove down, it was about four and a half hours. And uh, the night before it started, I was, it was like the night before Christmas. I was like, why am I so jacked up? Like I'm 38 years old. What do I think is going to happen tomorrow? You know? And, um, I met some awesome people. Uh, I did learn a lot and, uh, had a good time. So it's going to be in the same place next year. I'll get a closer hotel next year, but I'm definitely going to go again. So. 
Right on. Yeah, that's my thoughts to it too. And honestly, mine was the same way. Um, I had four hours more to drive, uh, but still like the whole ride, I was like, yep, going to do it, going to do it. I'm getting there. And yeah. I was amazed. I didn't need the nap on the whole ride down. Uh, you scared but, me. I was sending you messages. I told my wife's like, I don't really know this guy, but I hope he makes it. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> determined, man. Determined. You drove all night long. So yeah, it, which it is true. He did send me a lot of messages. I was like, why isn't this dude sleeping? (laughs) (laughs) Like, because you're driving. (laughs) Yep. 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 It's crazy, man. How many friends I've made just like in the click funnels community and through this podcast that honestly have been, have become, or have been, you know, closer friends to me than what a lot of the people I know in my actual life are. It's just crazy to consider, but I, I don't know how much you had of this, but, uh, the little you know how some people are just kind of like mild celebrities in the click funnels group yep i as many of them i saw as i saw i didn't realize i was starting to become one of them like there was yeah. a bunch of people that just like oh man how are you doing and i'm like who are you <laughs> <laughs> i had the opposite experience nobody knew who i was which is okay but uh yeah i saw you had pictures taken with everybody although yeah all the big names i was like man this guy got around yeah, not, uh, man, it, those pictures. <laughs> it, it was funny here, which I, I was kind of bummed. I didn't get one with you. Cause I was like, man, I was like, as long as I've been talking to this dude and you know, being as he was the guy who checked on me all night long, on the ride down, <laughs> I was like, and I didn't get a picture with him. Um, but yeah, I got, uh, Frank Kern. I caught him. He was actually, he had a whole crowd of people crowd him right outside the bathroom. I don't know if he was headed in or headed out, but <laughs> I was, I, I just happened to come around the other side of the divider where, you know, they had, where they had that wall by the bathroom. Yep. I just happened to sneak around the other side to go to the bathroom and was like, Hey, it's Frank Kern. I'm going to get a picture. So <laughs> I just kind of snuck up behind him and went, Hey, Hey, can I get a picture with you? And he's all drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's still at the urinal and you have your arm around him taking your picture. <laughs> oh, not quite that bad. He, was, he wasn't in. He didn't make it in either. Didn't make it in or didn't make it past getting out. Yeah, he's getting mobbed. Yeah, it was funny. In those um, round tables in that room, uh, everybody was mobbed as well. I know oh, Steve yeah. Larson had security with him, mm-hmm. which is funny because Monday he had an event. It's Monday, baby. And I was in the front row and I got talked to him like 10 times, real nice guy. But I was joking with him. I said, Hey, I'm glad I got to meet you now because in five years when I try, I probably won't be able to get past your security detail. And he's like, you're probably right. And I was like, oh, okay. And then a few days later, I see him with an actual security detail around him. I was like, oh, I guess he's already using one. So <laughs> wonder if he got the idea from you or if that was already. I don't know. Playing. I may have scared him a little bit. I kept jumping up on stage with him. So. <laughs> <laughs> i know when we were talking before you were talking about doing that with tony robbins so with doing what tony with tony robbins getting up on the stage when we were talking no. about you wanting to be on the stage for oh yeah yeah i didn't life. do it though actually some people think i'm nuts but so he came out saturday i left before he even came out yeah uh, I, I just said you know i had got my fill uh yeah. i've taken in everything i could take in and i was like i'm eager to get back to my life and process all this stuff in my head and keep moving so um i don't know we'll, we'll catch up with them another time so oh no worries yeah I, it was pretty good man um it was really motiv- motivational um him and garrett really there was just a lot of drive to him they were like different aspects of it though in different sides yep. um tony was more of the encouraging and uh 
I guess you'd say inspirational. And Garrett was more of the kind of darker, make you face yourself and be motivated. <laughs> the iron you know fist. I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah. But both of them were great. Um, before them, they had uh, Heather Quinzel and she was pretty good too. Um, it was just crazy. Like honestly thinking about some of the things I heard some of them share of their, you know, their backstory. Yep. Some of them went to places that normally uh, I guess you could almost say normal people wouldn't have gone to. Yeah. And, but that's part of what, I guess what really makes them uh, the people they are and they have the raving fans that they do. Yeah. They, they humanize the journey and, and kind of let you know that, Hey, I'm no different than you. I may be further down the path, but we're not different, you know? Yeah. No, it was, it was great though. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And honestly, I don't know about you, but by the time I got home, I was still amped and pumped and, it, it kind of gave me almost a clarity to where I was going wrong in places. Yep. Um, I mean, there's still questions I got to ask and answers I got to get, but it gave me a little more of a, Oh, okay. So yeah, that was holding me back. I didn't understand that. And I thought I did. But, so this is interesting. So it was outside of the, the event there kind of, uh, where you registered in that area, mm -hmm. at one of those tall tables and, uh, I just happened to look up and there was not really anybody around and Dan Henry was walking right towards me and he had a girl kind of behind him and it looks like he was sanitizing his hands. Yeah. I said, Hey Dan, uh, big fan, man. You did great up there speaking earlier. Said, oh, did I? He fist bumped. He goes, did I really do okay? He said, I'm not sure how it went. And I looked at him. I was like, this guy seriously like in his eyes is like unsure <laughs> of himself in that moment. And yeah. I was like, it's nice to see that he's human too. You know what I mean? That's he's just cool. like any other person. But I was like, you did great, man. So so like, enjoy your day. I'm not going to ask you for an autograph or hug you or anything like that. So he just laughed. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like how he brought up the, uh, apparently I, I'm getting the impression he might have been a little in, uh, unhappy or insecure with the picture they had out front where he looked like Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> He's a character anyway, though. Yeah, know? he is. Now, it's not, well, I mean, looking at him, I, I have no idea how old he is, but in all honesty, like to look late at late 20s, I think. Is he really that old? I mean, in all honesty, the mid to late twenties. Yeah, he looks really young. Yeah, like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, like he gets that a lot. He'll poke yeah. fun at himself about that quite a bit. So, yeah, I got. Uh, he he gave us a copy of his book. It's actually I've got a list of books I'm wanting to read. It's yeah, I've got it right it. here behind my computer. All right, on. Yeah, it's on the list of ones I want to read. But man, that list gets longer because every day I'll be doing something. And it's like oh, a book. <laughs> absolutely order, order. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah like actually um brian holiday was one that i was looking forward to hearing talk and mm -hmm. unfortunately i missed part of it because I, I got up went to the bathroom and i ended up talking to somebody on the walk back and i'm like all right you know and i mean it, it's always awesome to talk to people down there you know get involved to get to know people mm -hmm. but it was like why now <laughs> but <laughs> was so he I the music guy no, Ryan Holiday was the Oh, Ryan author. Holiday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that. It was really good. The second half was better than the first. And like, as soon as he made this turn, it just got mm -hmm. better and better and better and better. So he had it planned. I think it, it was, it, I liked it quite a bit. So and that was the part that I missed most of was the yep. second half. Yeah. Yep. But in all honesty, I mean, I already was somewhat familiar with him because uh, Steve Larson actually on, what was it? I think it was on uh, 
one of his groups, one of his marketing groups, I can't remember which one, but he did a live and he was talking about publishing and the power of publishing. Yep. And Ryan Holiday's uh, Trust Me, I'm Lying was one of the books he recommended you read. Mm -hmm. So I actually, I've got it and I've got Perennial Seller. Nice. So. And I wasn't familiar with him at all. I didn't even know who he was, which everybody around me thought I was crazy. They're like, how do you not know who this is? But I liked him. I liked the story. So. Right, right. Yeah, uh, it, the only reason I know who he is is because of Steve Larson and Russell Brunson. If I didn't gotcha. know them, you know. Yep. But it was it was definitely uh, his his slide presentation even had so much more of a uh, I don't even know how to describe the feel to it, but it was totally different than the rest. It had more of a kind of vintage feel to it, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. Now, is Funnel Hacking Live something you'd go to again? Oh yeah. I'd love to go next year. Um, I'm definitely getting a closer hotel next year. Uh, nobody told me Nashville traffic sucks. It's very, very heavy at the wrong time of day. And uh, a little 20 minute drive could turn into a 50 minute drive very easily. So I would yeah. go, I would get a hotel over there by that cracker barrel across the way and just walk in the mm -hmm. walk in, you know, that first I told you I was paying after about three days, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. So I started walking in and it was just fine. Just fine. So yeah i know uh thing is you got to kind of watch most of the hotels one of them over there um which i almost that was the one i actually booked and i was supposed to have a roommate this guy i was talking to wanted a roommate and he decided he wasn't going to do it unless he stayed at the opry and mm -hmm. i'm like i'm not paying 500 dollars a night you know yeah it's ridiculous but yep i ended up i got lucky and found uh somebody with a airbnb and they let me rent the uh the fold out couch off of them. I was like, yes, perfect. 20 bucks a night, man. Oh man. Don't tell me that. That's great. Yeah. It was, it was pretty nice, man. I was like, yes, it made it so much easier to afford. Um, but yeah, that was how I ended up staying and having somewhere to sleep. It's funny. You mentioned cost. I was talking to some guys, um, that came over from like the UK and Jamaica and different places. And some people spent like six grand to get there. And yeah. I was like, I think I spent about 2000 between hotel and food and driving. I try to do everything as, as budget friendly as I could, but yeah, I mean, what an advantage you and I have to just be able to drive and there's people flying mm -hmm. from the side of the world you know, it took them two or three days to get there and back. So, um, yeah, glad I didn't have to pay oh. six grand. Oh, I know, man, that would have, that would have put a real hurt on your wallet. <laughs> I ended up, uh, I think for me it was, Wanting to say with food and everything, it was only a little over four, but that was most of that was gas driving back and forth. I was on the way down, I was at about 125 and on the way back, it was just a little over a hundred, which really didn't make any sense to me considering on the way back, I was actually going back up some of the hills that I came down because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if you've been up through Ohio, but Ohio is nothing but it's like waves. Yeah. Hills. Southern Ohio is definitely different than, yeah. Ohio is an interesting state. It changes quite a bit north to south uh east to west as well yeah uh, i drove from indy to pittsburgh one time and uh got through ohio and i got to pittsburgh and it was terrifying man it's like you can't even see around the next turn you know going through like the mountains and stuff yeah. and it's a different world over there so the one that always got me is you'd go towards like maryland and stuff and there they go there's a there's a real big hill let's cut it down the middle and put the road there and ohio they're <laughs> like let's just wrap it the whole way around the hill and come back to where it was and then go yeah I just never understood that. But. My drive was actually pretty easy. It was like one road from 
front of my house takes me all the way down to Southern Kentucky. And then like another, it was the route I took coming back was much better than going down. So yeah. Yep. Smooth sailing. So speaking of FHL though, um, what was your biggest, your main takeaways from it, from what you saw? It's funny because I haven't reviewed my notes, but the one thing that Russell said that's really stuck with me is a strategy he uses with ad copy, with sales pages, and uh, even with emails. And it's uh, 30% of people are going to buy emotionally. So he always starts there, right? Mm -hmm. Then 50% of people are going to um, logical reasons to sell. So, you know, approaching the sale logically in those areas is the next step. And then the final step is a fear of missing out urgency or scarcity where 20% of people will buy. I was like, I never thought about stacking everything in that way. So that was for me, the one thing that I was like, Oh boy, like I've never even thought about that. So what he said he did it with emails is like three emotional, three logical, then three fear of missing out or scarcity or urgency. And I was like, that's really, really interesting. So that's kind of been my uh, thing that I've been unpacking the most and implementing right away with clients. And uh, I still have a bunch of other notes to go through, but that for me was, uh, I was like, man, I got enough of that to just go home and work on that the next year. Cause that's powerful, real powerful. Yeah. yeah that was crazy. Cause the way they set it up, even Russell said that there's no way you can take all this and take everything home. No. It was more intended that you picked out what applied to your business Yep. And you used it. So, yep. And in my world of being a funnel builder, um, you know, it's kind of weird because most people I talk to there, I think I met one other funnel builder, actually two, mm-hmm. and one only built webinar funnels and one was like me. But uh, everybody else had kind of a, a niche and a very specific thing. But for me, I work with so many different types of businesses, stuff like that's super important because I'm obviously helping them with marketing and ads and stuff as well. So, All right. Very yeah. cool. But you definitely reached a point where you were like, I can't take in any new thoughts or meet any new people. Like it's time to leave, you know? And for me, yeah. it was Friday night late. So. Yeah. I don't blame you though. You were down there for Steve Larson's uh, thing from Monday. Yeah, so I got there Sunday and then I left Friday night about 10. So I was a pretty long week. Started yeah. missing my own bed and my family. And it's funny how the people that can annoy you so much, you can miss <laughs> it after a while too. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, it's, I was by, I was about the same place by the time I left. I was ready. The whole ride home, all I could keep thinking was bed. I want my bed. I want my bed. Yep. And I don't know. It was it was a relief to get home and get some time to actually just unwind again. Um, I don't know. I see. I've I've thumbed across my notes. I haven't really. I still don't think I've, you know, processed all of it. Um, it's a lot of information to give you. It really is. No, you're, it's the same way. Cause I have some uh, written down in bullet points and some in Evernote digitally. And I've literally just looked at like part of one page, what I just told you about. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like my, it's like anybody else. Like my own marketing is the last thing I ever do. I almost never have time to mess with it because it's just run out of time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, I've got these great ideas for myself, but it's going to take a while before I implement them. So I just don't have time for it. But um it's going to take, maybe it'll take a whole nother year to get through it all. I guess time will tell. Yeah. Well, you got to focus on what break, what brings in the money for right now versus absolutely later. Um, but I understand that completely. I actually, it was weird because uh, on the ride home um, and this was, this was actually probably one of my biggest takeaways was uh, the fact that, you know, how it's always, you hear Russell say it, you hear Steve say it and uh, odds are we've all said it too but about the fact that 
when you think of what you want to do, you need to think of it in who am I going to serve? Yep. What am I going to do for them and how am I going to get them there? And considering it, it was, I don't know, it was something I kind of knew I had to consider. But then again, it's just like when you get a group of guys around versus when it's a mixed group, uh, they're all going to talk differently when the female groups there or in the same case with marketers, we're going to talk differently and it becomes a focus on a little bit of the money more so than just the service. But it really dawned on me, you know, after this as to how much it really did matter that what I was doing, I wanted to help people Mm -hmm. like that group and not just help people in general. Cause obviously you, we both build funnels. We both, you know, can do copywriting. Um, and that's one way we help people. But this, we're talking about, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a different level. Mm -hmm. Um, but I actually, I came up with the idea of what I, what I could do using what I know to help other people and like really get into helping them out and improve their businesses. So that's actually a project I'm going to take on here soon. Um, I actually, I found somebody who's partnering with me on creating it and, it's kind of, it's basically, I just told him about it and he was like, Oh, he goes, you tell me what you need me to do, what I can do to add value and we're going to make it happen. So we came up with the idea and he doesn't even want credit for it. He just wants to help me because I help him. And those are good friends to have right there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that was really, that was one of my biggest takeaways. The other one was just kind of realizing that while I knew it I had to get over parts of myself that were blocking me, which Mm -hmm. you and I have talked about that before about, you know, everything being up here. Um, It really kind of put it into a deeper perspective between hearing you heard Tom, Bill, you talk about it, about having to hit that wall that makes you, or that event that makes you realize that, okay, I'm not, you know, what I built myself to be or not what I want myself to be. And then Garrett went on to uh, how, you know, you had to, you basically, you have to kill the person you are now to get to be the person you want to go on to be. And Tony just taught you how to change it to being the person you want to be when you need to be them. So yep. that was really one of, that was probably my two biggest takeaways that apply to my business. Yep. And something you touched on a few minutes ago, you said you uh, really were going to focus on helping people grow their businesses and improve their businesses. Zig Ziglar said it best. You know, if you get enough people, what you want, you'll get what you want. Um, if you really do take care of people like that way and you do build those friendships, you know, like the money, it'll come. Like the money, yeah. the money is just a byproduct of how much pain you're taking away for your clients. So, and there's other ways to word that, but that's uh, how it came to me just now. But uh, yeah, I mean, Everybody, when they're getting started, you know, obviously you, you have to pay bills and, and you need so much to survive. But eventually, once you start getting wins and momentum, just taking care of people and focusing on them, the money will just grow. And you'll go, oh, boy, look how that happened, you know, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't matter as much at, at a certain point, I think. So all good stuff, man. Yeah, it, it's weird, too, thinking back because uh, you probably read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, too, didn't you? Yep. yep. That, Got it behind me somewhere. Yeah, me too. It's back there. Um, that was just realizing that kind of brought into a perspective, the part where he was teaching, he was taught by rich dad that, you know, when you work, you don't do it for money. That's 
how you create riches. Yeah. And it was something that never made sense to him. And when I read the book, it hadn't fully come to making sense to me yet either. But mm -hmm. that was really, you know, that kind of hammered it home. Absolutely. But I, out of everybody that was there, man, what was your favorite speaker you got to see? <clears throat> um, I really liked, uh, I liked Dan Henry's presentation. Um, I liked Frank Kern's. Um, Bill you that was a cool story self-made yeah. billionaire was really powerful uh, Prince EA I don't know if I had a favorite I really liked a lot of them I didn't see them all sometimes you step out of the room just because it's you got to walk around and mixed up a little bit but um, it was really cool for me personally to see Russell and I wasn't super close to the stage it was more towards the back but I could see the guy walking around with my own eyes which was pretty neat yeah uh, actually Steve's event Monday, uh, before funnel hacking live, when I was five feet away from him for a whole day, it was pretty neat because he was a really normal dude, but he's pretty, pretty smart at what he's doing. And that was, that was cool for me. I'm a big Steve Larson fan. Uh, he's still somewhat accessible for now, but may not be for much longer. So, yeah. um, seeing Dan, seeing Russell, seeing Steve, those were kind of my big three. Frank was a surprise. I knew who he was. So that was really cool. I happened to come in the room right as he walked out. I was like, Whoa. So that was, that was awesome. But, um, yeah, all a lot of fun. Right on. Yeah. That was uh, the day Frank Kern came on was the day I, I ended up stuck late for lunch. Cause I had, so uh, did you was, not see Frank pop out either? Oh, I didn't see him pop out, but I did get to see him talk. Cause I got a okay. text that said Frank Kern is on stage. And I went, Okay, done I sent lunch. you that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're done with lunch. See it. <laughs> yeah. That's when you just face palm the other person and run the other way. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of, I mean, because we all know who he is, you know, in marketing. Yeah. And he's, and this is the funny thing, which I had actually talked about in another episode mm. about how Funnel Hacking Live even, uh, these guys become rock stars to us. Yeah. Like it's, I, I'd more than likely run through somebody to go shake Russell Brunson's hand than yeah. to go stand in front of Motley Crue. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that I wouldn't want to watch Motley Crue, but <laughs> it's, it's weird because once you get in and you get the view from where we're at, you're like, yeah. all right, these guys are trying to help me make money. And now they're your, your rock stars. Something else that was a big takeaway for me was a reminder that everybody said it, that nobody gets to that high level by themselves. Like Steve Larson said, none of the guys that make a lot of money, none of them build their own funnels. None of them even understand half the back end of the funnel. They don't need to, you know, and it's, it's, it's an interesting point to, uh, to think about. Like, you know, sometimes I'll tell myself, like, I don't need to learn anything new. Like I've already got everything I need to build the business. Uh, I know I'm going to build someday. Not that I think I can build it. I know I'm going to build. and what's crazy is it feels like, I feel like every time I blink, a few, few months of life fly by. It's like, Oh, you know, I always say, man, it'd be cool if I could lock myself in this office for a month because the amount of stuff I could build in a month is unbelievable. It's never going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's never going to happen, but uh, it's just creating, creating that time for uh, my own marketing and doing it. And, and there's a ton of people that have had a lot of success. I mean, I was sitting by a guy in, in Steven's event that had done $4 million in a funnel. He's just a normal looking guy. He'd have no idea. The guy to my left had never made a dollar online, but they both look the same, you know? Yeah. That's, I think the cool thing about that community, it's not, maybe there is some arrogance in the community, but you don't really see it. I didn't notice anybody acting any different than anybody else. People were approachable and people were very human about it all. So. Yeah. So. I, 
That is one of the coolest things though. And honestly, I, I do from being in it and, you know, and from being around it, like with funnel hacking live, agree with the fact that that is probably one of the greatest online communities oh, yeah. ever. It's very I, unique too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's crazy because the funny thing is how active and how great that community is actually saves Russell Brunson more money in a year. Oh, yeah. He, he doesn't even have to have a full support team. It's, yep. you know, yep. I don't know. It was Which, interesting. I was in my uh, affiliate dashboard before we jumped on here today, and there was a person in there that I knew about, and there's somebody else I didn't know. And I was like, very cool. I'm like, wonder who that person is that's trialing through my link. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they actually know who I am or if they found it. And I started like thinking about all the places they could have found it. I was like, so I have like a really great offer, but I was like, they didn't email me. So obviously, they don't know about the offer. So where'd they come from? And I just started thinking about what you said. I was like, there's so many people that love this platform and community that the it would just be interesting to see click funnels numbers like how much it grows you know every week or every month without them having to do anything yeah you know so uh, it's it's interesting because when i talk to anybody in my real life about what i do they instantly glaze over and they're like i don't know what that means i'm like okay i help people grow their business online with marketing they're like okay and it just stops there because they just they can't handle any more new information that means nothing to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it is. I've noticed it too. Cause I actually gave up talking to people anymore in real life because yeah. I actually had a conversation with some guys I worked with about, you know, it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm going to start making money online. I haven't picked yeah. exactly how I'm going to, yeah. you're never going to get rich. When did I say anything about getting rich? Yeah. All I want to do is replace this income and not have to work with you guys anymore. You know what's interesting about what you just said? For somebody to vocalize that to you gives you a very clear insight to their own mindset towards themselves. Mm -hmm. For me to tell somebody else what they're not going to do is me trying to feel better about the same lies I'm telling myself. It's really powerful because anybody watching or listening to this needs to pay attention. There's nobody else that gets to determine our success but us. And obviously when you're driving the ship and you can even work for somebody and do this part-time, but there's no rules. Like if you don't want to work with a certain type of client, stop. If you don't like what somebody's proposing, say no. You know, I had a guy the other day, um, Friday, he said, hey, I really need to talk to you Monday and we need to talk at eight o'clock in the morning. I said, oh, uh, sorry, I don't take calls Mondays. There's a reason for it, but it's not, I don't need to explain it. Yeah. Here's my availability. So, well, I, I, we've got to do an evening. None of your times work. And I was like, evenings are an option. And he booked one anyway. He booked something that worked for me. And it's like, it, it's very liberating when you realize that all these things that people tell you, like in most of your life, they, they don't mean anything. They're not based on anything that actually matters. Just a bunch of bull crap that people throw out there. Yeah. And when you start seeing how it works, that you can just take control because you said so. And people, if they want to work with you, they're either going to comply or not. It's super powerful. Like it may have been you, but I told somebody not too long ago, if you just start using your calendar online and make people book time with you with your calendar and just say, that's my availability period, it'll change your whole life because people will start valuing you more because you're not available at all times. You know, right. just because you don't have anything to do for a day doesn't mean you don't get to pick what you do for that day. Maybe you yeah. want to eat breakfast with the family. Maybe you want to work out. Maybe you want to read. Maybe you want to do whatever. And you give yourself four hours, you're available to talk to people. That's all people know. You know, it's super powerful. But somebody, the first year I was doing this full time, people would say stuff like that to me. You'll never get rich or you're going to fail. 
if somebody said to me now, I would just literally laugh because I would be, I, I wouldn't even be able to take it serious enough to respond, but I would laugh in their face. I would just be like, okay, you feel better. You know, it just, it doesn't even elicit a defensive response because it's complete garbage. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of people. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, when you mention making money and internet, they just automatically associate. Scam. Get, it's yeah, a scam. Exactly. <laughs> what was it? Uh, I saw a scam written down as a uh, acronym, something about, uh, I don't know. It, I think it was in ClickFunnels group. I can't remember the exact, uh, I mean, something about changing your attitude to, towards money. Yeah. I can't remember what the S was for. Somebody asked me not too long ago if I was involved in a Ponzi scheme. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know me. I'm (laughs) dishonest. I'm a liar. I want to go to prison. Got me all figured out. And I was like, that question doesn't even make sense. No. It's just people get their own (laughs) – I don't even know where they come up with this stuff. I mean, I understand, yes, there are a lot of scams online. It's the internet. Basically, what you're doing is cramming the whole world into a little – 13 to 16 inch screen. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of scams out there. It's not like when you look at this, you've only got your local area where there might be two scams for the whole, say 20,000 people. Instead, now you've got 20 billion people. So in the same numbers, you're going to see a hundred, you know, if you, if you keep the numbers the same, you're still going to see like a hundred to a billion times more depending on where you're looking. Yeah. People or something else. Sometimes. It's so funny when people say this line, you can't do that. <laughs> it also makes me laugh because it, it, it's like you, you have no impact on what I do or don't do. So the yeah. fact you say that you believe it's hilarious. So. Have you ever thought about just starting to people you just introduced yourself to not telling them you already do it and just, you know, just to see what the reaction is. Be like, oh, I mess yeah, with I people all the time. I'll do you. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. my personality. I like to mess. I like to see what people say and what they do. So. Right on. Yeah. It's, I, I was just wondering because I mean, it was like, man, I wonder how many times you're gonna, you know, you hear, oh, you can't do that. That's not possible. There's no way. Yeah. Thing I, I was thinking about is a man walked on the moon. Like, this yeah. is possible. Oh yeah. Well, the weird thing is, I was talking to a copywriter on an episode from last season, and uh, we were talking about the idea of working online. Yeah. And he was like. The thing is, he said, when people look at the job market, you know, you look at a regular life job market and that's all they see, but they don't seem to realize that the job market on the internet is so wide and vast because you're connected with every business in the world. Yeah. And he was saying, uh, was it? He said there were so many million episodes or, uh, uh, businesses opened every year. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, and there's only, he said, for example, let's say there's 10,000 to 12,000 copywriters. He said, how many clients do you think those 12,000 have to take in order to fill the whole thing? He said, it's not possible. Yeah. He said, so it's never going to be saturated. Yep. I agree. You know, what's interesting is uh, I had this profound thought one time and everybody's got to identify with this, but you either have to decide, do you want to help somebody build their business and get rich? Or do you want to build your own business, and get rich? Like it's, it's yeah. a very simple question. And there's not a wrong answer because it takes all types to make the world run. Not everybody can be successful entrepreneurs or business owners because who would help them grow it and run it? You know what I mean? You've yeah. got to have all types. But um, I remember uh, when I was 14, I was cutting grass to make more money to buy fishing lures. And I would see these guys with their own businesses. And then as I got older, my parents said, there's one path. It's education. It's education. It's education. 
And I'd always like drive to the corporate office and I'd be looking at people doing their own business. And I was like, but these guys, you know, what, what, what path did they take? And it was interesting because I was told a lie. Yeah. I was told the, the real truth is, and what I teach my kids is there's two options. You can pick either, do what you want to do, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you there's one. So, yeah. Well, a lot of it though, you got to think, I mean, uh, your parents really, their, their time and their generation and the generation before them were extremely closed minded and still are for the most part. Yeah. So yeah. anything that challenges the, what they believe, what they were raised on, which was, you know, you go to college, you get an education, you're going fine. Yeah. Um, but the odd, the the weird reality that nobody, even, you know, the younger generation, younger than us, they don't really take on and consider is the fact that when you go to, you go to uh, college, all you're doing is creating debt. You're not creating a job. You're not yeah. creating anything. You're just creating a debt. Yeah. And then when you come out, if you get a job in that field, you've still got that debt. Yep. And yeah. I'm not a big fan. No. Yeah. I got two degrees and, uh, I thought when I got my master's, it would change my world. I'd have all this opportunity because that's what I was always taught. And it helped me get one job. And every other, a lot of other people told me we didn't hire you because you had the master's because we assumed you wanted too much money, all these other crazy things that I'm like, just done nothing but hurt me. And now I have the debt. Yeah. Like it, it makes no sense. So hindsight's always 2020. I don't ever want to redo anything. Everything happened for a reason. If anything were different, I wouldn't be the, animal that i am today so mm-hmm. you just learn from it and uh you know adjust your expectations moving forward so when everybody's experience isn't the same uh but that's mine so yeah see it, it was weird because when i was younger i've always had uh kind of uh make my own money and do my own business my own terms kind of thing yeah. um do you remember when probably around elementary school age for both of us i'd say maybe a little bit later almost middle school um do you remember uh, what did they call it? It was Olympia something, Olympia catalogs. They used to send them to you. You'd get them out of comic books. And it was a company that basically sold like fundraiser crap, like what you get yeah. from school. Yep. And you got cash for it. I was doing that from when I was like 12 years old or mm-hmm. 11 years old. I went door to door doing that. And that was because it was like, oh, I can make money doing this. So hey, mowing lawns, doing that. I always found a way to make my own money. And the funny thing was when I got to the age where it's like, you need to pick what you want to do and go to college. Like, why? They're like, well, you got to, that's how you get a good job. I was like, well, here's the thing. I'm running a kitchen at red lobster right now. I was like, Mm -hmm. I run the, I run the line. Three of my guys all graduated with culinary arts degrees. I make more money. Mm -hmm. Why do I want to go to college? And that was one sense. Exactly. That was when the first idea of I don't need to go to college. I can do just as well without it came into play. I never understood to what extent though, because a lot of these opportunities weren't fully available yet. Mm -hmm. But I always knew that I didn't exactly need it. Absolutely. Yeah. My first cash cow was uh, mowing grass. So I did it at 14 for a while. Then uh, after I graduated high school, I did it from there to college for about seven years and uh, got to a point where I was either like, I need to build a second crew or I need to close everything down and finish school. Like I, I can't do both. Yeah. And, uh, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, we've been together about 18 years this fall. is running around here somewhere. Hopefully she didn't pop in like my daughter did earlier, <laughs> but, um, I remember her and her parents and my parents all said the only smart option is school. So I remember sending out the letters. It almost made me puke. Like, hey, it's been it's been a fun run, but businesses should get shut down immediately. To all my customers, 
And I always think back and wonder, what if, what if I would have kept that business? Can't imagine how many millions a year I do in revenue with that business by now, yeah. but it was seasonal, you know, drought could screw up your whole year. And there was a lot of, a lot of competition in lawn care in the Midwest. And, uh, you know, what I do now is not seasonal. It doesn't ever slow down. It's, you know, mm. I'm in a better business now, but, uh, I got that real taste, uh, early and I did corporate for seven years. And I said, you know what? I'd rather be dead than keep doing this and not to be dramatic, but I was like, I, I feel like a caged animal. Like I, I don't want to do this and, uh, you know, jumped and failed and went back and jumped again and figured it out. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting when you kind of look back and reflect on it, but yeah, that making your own dollar for yourself, what's neat. My son, who's in the room behind me, he's 13. He, uh, designs logos for people. He finds people on Reddit and Instagram. And a couple of weeks ago, he made like a hundred bucks in two days online. Nice. I was like, uh, how you find these people? He told me, and he's pretty good at it. And I was like, how you getting paid? He's like, I'm making him pay me up front through PayPal. I was like, wonder where you learned that. (laughs) But, uh, it's neat because when I was 13 and when you were 13, that option didn't exist. There was no Reddit. There was no Instagram. There was no logo design online. None of that would have made any sense to anybody. They'd been like, what? So it's just, it's just an interesting world we live in today. There's so much opportunity. It's, it's Mm -hmm. insane. So it is. Um, yeah, it, it's just ridiculous. Like I, I'm actually trying to get my son. He's uh, 15. I tried to mm-hmm. get him into the idea. It's like, why don't you learn to build funnels or something? I can teach you that. You can start to play with it. You can make some money with it. Yep. I, he's not really big on the idea. It doesn't seem fun to him. Um, I yep. was like, well, here's what I'm trying to get across to you. I was like, you're going to go to work somewhere. It doesn't matter. You're going to go to McDonald's. You're going to go to like someplace like red lobster like i used to work you might go to retail i was like but it's only going to be cool for a couple weeks after a couple weeks you're going to start to realize you don't want to be there you're going to see your friends going and doing this because they don't have a job or they're off that day and now you have to plan your life around it yeah but you're going to be bored yeah like or you can be bored at the house doing something you can do that you control and that you can branch off from and choose not to do anymore once you've branched off and then, you know, you're free. You'll make double what your friends do. Mm-hmm. And so we're working on it. I'm trying to get him to just anything, find something like this. Cause it's like, it's, there's kids like that one kid that was at uh funnel hacking live that uh, trades funnels for equity. Yep. I was like, this kid's just, you know, he's making money with it, but absolutely to go back to where you were talking about like being at your job and realizing though that you know yeah. you'd rather die than be there dude you're not alone that's actually i've said that many many times that's part of why my wife was so big on like go down to funnel hacking live you need to go to funnel hacking live yeah um it's you know it was like man i i gotta get out of this somehow i don't know how i'm gonna do it and i won't tell you the company but when i was when i quit the first time corporate america so working for a guy that was uh, not a very nice human being. Um, and I got to know him really well with my role. And uh, wasn't that nice. He wasn't that honest. Uh, he seemed to be okay at business. And what I realized was if I could just compare myself to this guy, just like the human stuff that matters, that everybody mm-hmm. values, uh, treating people well, communicating, building relationships, like I, I destroy him. Let's look at the other areas. And I started to say, this guy's no different than I am. If anything, I feel better equipped to run his company than him. I said, if he built something from zero to 300 million, surely I can replace my income. That was my first thought where I was like, I'm going for this. The mistake I made 
was I was chasing money only and not passion. And when it got hard, I was like, I don't want to do it. And then I, I got down to making, um, what was I making 90 bucks a week at FedEx? I had insurance, but I couldn't pay the water bill. I was like, Oh shit, we got a problem now. So yeah. that was, uh, that was bad news, but it took me going to a place of rock bottom and to people pointing at me and laughing to my wife saying, I'm about to leave, take the kids and be done with this wreck of our life. Uh, for me to really come out of those ashes and say, I'm going to succeed because I said so. And anybody who doubted me is going to be asking me for a job someday. And it's, uh, that's kind of where it started. But uh, I realized you don't have to have some crazy skill set to be successful online. You don't have to invent anything new. Like we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. there is, if you just look at a website or a business, we could sit here and brainstorm on a whiteboard, 500 things around the business that deal with being online you can make a lot of money in any of those areas. Like there's people killing it in anything and everything you can think of. Yeah. It's crazy. That's where the mind starts to really expand. You go, Oh wow. Okay. You know? So. Well, it's nice to think about what all agency services do. Like just, I mean, you can do almost anything as an agency. Absolutely. Uh, like think about when, uh, Catherine Jones's presentation on the, uh, the design hacking. Yep. There are people who do just that and all yep. they're doing is changing the design. They're not building they're not writing. They're just making it prettier. Yep. So it, it's you see crazy. a lot of that in the ClickFunnels group, people that'll build a funnel and share the design. It's like, mm. there's no like crazy amount of skill here, just design, but there's a need for it. There's an interest in it. It doesn't matter what I think there's a demand obviously. So, mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. It's nuts, man. Uh, that's why like, honestly, like I said, that's, or I was telling you earlier, basically my whole problem with starting was getting stuck on my own thought process and it yep. was all in my head. And I don't know. I knew that was part of the reason why I really wanted to go to funnel hacking live was to be around people who weren't telling me the negative. I don't need, you know, don't do You're not going to do this. It's not going to succeed. It's, it's dumb. You're going to be doing this forever. I didn't want to, but yep. you know, the only person that's ever going to stop you is yourself. Honestly, I would love to see True. somebody try to stop me doing what I want to do. Ask my yeah. wife how determined stubborn I am. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You know, right on. if I'm locked up in prison and I can't leave my cell for 20 years, it might be kind of hard to build a business. But if I have access to something with Wi-Fi, I'm going to make money. Yeah. I'm going to do it legally and do it in a good way. So uh, the notion of people stopping me at this point is absolutely laughable. Like it doesn't, it never enters my mind at this point. But for a long time, it did. You go through the same thing that every human goes through, the doubts, all the, the crap you've always heard, which is based on nothing. People just passed on the negativity. So uh, what's weird about like Facebook, for example, is if you post stuff, anybody listening or watching, try this. If you post something negative, oh, I lost my job today. Watch how much interaction that post gets versus I got a new job today. It's yeah. sad that people love drama and negativity. They love it. You know, I used to have people that would call me every day. How's it going? How, how's, how's that business going? Are you make any money? And I'm still doing it two years later. So I assume they assume it's going well enough that I'm still doing it. And I don't hear from those people at all anymore, which is funny. I try to reach out to them and they're unavailable. How funny how that works out, you know? So. Yeah, it, It's weird. I've actually heard somebody else mention that before too, because of the fact that it's like people thrive off of your own misery. Like yep. your misery makes their, it's, it's almost like uh, they do it. They check into it to make themselves feel better about it's what exactly what it is. Why do you think shows like Jerry Springer do so well? 
Yeah. It's entertaining, but it makes people feel better about their own drama. And here's another mm-hmm. tip. Everybody's family's messed up. Everybody's life's yeah. messed up. Um, looks can be very deceiving. So exactly it's funny like i mean if and the further out family tree you look there's even worse everybody's got that crazy uncle or that oh yeah a couple of them (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah uh, yeah i can relate (laughs) but anyways man we've been on here for a little bit and i'm sure you got some other things you got to do yet so why don't you go ahead uh let everybody know where they can find you and connect with you yep to see everything that we're doing, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com. Uh, or if you're on Facebook, we've got a group called Funnel Building for Profit. And uh, as Gregory can tell you, we're uh, posting there and going live all the time and keeping the conversation going. So that's where you can find me. Awesome, man. And hey, I want to thank you for making time and coming on here. Uh, it was it was awesome that you, you, know, you managed to make it on, especially I know your daughter had a game this morning and or earlier today rather so yeah no problem at all thank you for having me it's fun man yeah it's been a good time man i always enjoy talking to you yep thank you i hope you enjoy this podcast as much as i enjoy recording it if so please give us a like a follow a review and a few downloads if you're over at apple and of course please share us with some of your friends any support like this is greatly appreciated and helps me out, lets me know that I'm doing a good job and that you're enjoying the content. Also, for more content, feel free to come over and join us over at our Facebook group. I'll put a link down in the description of the video. And we'll see you next time.